You're listening to the Bible Chunks Read-Through Podcast in association with the Limadine Bible Reading Plan and Charles River Church. To have your own copy of this reading plan sent straight to your inbox, you can sign up at charlesriver.lmd.church. For more information about Charles River Church, visit charlesriverchurch.com. We read the whole story to make whole disciples of Jesus. Hey, welcome to Bible Chunks, where we read through the Bible in the chunks or sections based on themes that it was designed to be read in so we can get a better handle on the story of God. My name's Kevin. That's enough about me. Let's dive into the Word. Today we'll be reading John 3, 1 through 4, 54, 90 verses today. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water, and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen. But you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his work should be exposed. But whoever does what's true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Anon near Salim, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification, and they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, He's baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given to him from heaven. 
You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I've been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman came and said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God... And who it was that was saying to you, give me a drink? You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband. For you've had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband. What you've said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, What do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? 
they went out of town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do not say, Do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. Many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It's no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that he is indeed the Savior of the world. After the two days he departed for Galilee, for Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his hometown. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judea to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better, and they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come from Judea to Galilee. This section starts at night. Nick Nicodemus comes to Jesus. I always think of it as Nick at night. Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night because he secretly wants to know more. Uh, it, there's a stigma against following Jesus, especially amongst the class of people that, that Nicodemus was, the Pharisees. And so he comes to him at night and he confesses, Sir, we know that you have to be from God because nobody can do these signs unless God is with them. And Jesus says, you have to be born again. A different answer to a different question. He's saying, you can't even see the kingdom of heaven unless you're born again. And Nicodemus and Jesus go back and forth about what does it mean to be born again. Born of woman and born of spirit. Born of water and born of spirit. Born naturally and born supernaturally. Born in a way where God renews your heart, rejuvenates you and gives you new life and then says the wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound but you don't know where it comes from or where it goes so is everyone who's born of the spirit and jesus is discouraged that nicodemus can't understand these things and you're a ruler a, a teacher of of my people of these people but then he gives this cryptic 
just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. So back in Exodus, as they were wandering through the wilderness, uh, it actually may, may have been numbers. As they're wandering through the wilderness, uh, a bunch of God sends a bunch of fiery serpents into the, the, the camp. And fire and serpent have a similar Hebrew root. So uh, just know that it's kind of a, that, that seraphim, that seraph, that, that fiery serpents who come into the camp and they're, they're biting the people and people are dying. And so God tells Moses, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a bronze serpent. I want you to make a bronze serpent and I want you to lift it up. And anybody who looks at that serpent will live. It's a crazy way to fix something. If I went to the hospital and they said, look at that serpent. And that, by the way, is why if you look at the hospital pole, uh, you have that snake on a pole. Uh, that, it comes from the Bible. But it's a crazy way to fix somebody. But it, it is, the, it is the, the, the trusting of the Lord. The looking upon the thing that is killing us. The, and, and trusting that God is, is powerful to save in the midst of it. And so, as Jesus eventually will be lifted up on that cross and the sin that is killing us is put on him and we look to him we are saved and that's what Jesus points out here it's just a, a very beautiful illusion and then he the most maybe the most famous line in the Bible because of that one guy who got saved in a hotel room and wrote it on a sign with his uh, rainbow hair at football games John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. It is not a trite uh, saying. It is not, uh, it's not even, like, it's, it's one of the most beautiful things that you could ever hear, but we get used to it. So let that sink in. God didn't send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. The world is already condemned, so Jesus came to save it. And then so after that, so Jesus is, is saying that whoever comes to the light will be saved. People don't like the light. They like the darkness because then they can hide their evil works and but come into the light to be saved. And then John the Baptist, he testifies, he, he testifies the exact same thing. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. So he's, he's testifying the same words just afterwards. The same words that Jesus is testifying. And then, so, so you have the Father testifying for Jesus. You have John the Baptist testifying for Jesus. You have Jesus testifying for Jesus. You have his signs testifying for him. And then, uh, right after this, Jesus left Judea and departed for Galilee, but had to pass through Samaria. And he came to this town in Samaria, and he met this woman beside the well about the sixth hour. That's noon. So we go from Nicodemus at night to this Samaritan woman. Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, the people who are supposed to know who the Messiah is. And then at night, and then you have this woman, this, this uh, outcast woman who's made some really crummy decisions and had some really difficult circumstances in her life. This woman at noontime, so it's the bright, sunny day, her works are exposed into the light and she finds life. Jesus exposes her. You're right. You you weren't you are not married. You've been married five times, and the man that you're with now is not your husband. You're right in what you say. And so she's exposed. But in her exposure, she finds life. 
she finds wholeness. She does not find condemnation. She finds life. What you would expect is condemnation. But God just said, Jesus just said, God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. And this woman is saved, and so is her whole village. And then the official son. Again, another mighty sign. He doesn't, it's not even a question. He doesn't even have to go to the man's house. He just says, all right, your kid is going to be okay. Another mighty sign, just like wine, water into wine. And so, as we wrap up today, I'd ask you to consider what does this section of scripture tell us about who God is and what he's like and what he wants for the world? What does it tell you about yourself? And then finally, what was it that the Holy Spirit was stirring up while we were reading? Take those thoughts, turn them into prayers, and we'll be right here again tomorrow. Until then, God bless. God bless.